Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. If she were to live today, her medicine cabinet would be filled with all sorts of secret remedies. She'd be the lady sitting up late at night watching the infomercials, hoping beyond hope that there was some sort of secret sauce that would cure her disease. You open up her cabinet, there's beadlets and greens and essential oils and rubs and pills and bottles and one after another has only left her with disappointment there's nothing on this world or on the face of this this earth that she's found that can take away her sickness take away her disease she's been bleeding for 12 years 12 years she's been hemorrhaging and the scripture says that she spent all of her livelihood all of her wealth everything that she had she put into trying to find a cure she went to doctor after doctor with the same results, always the same diagnosis when she left, that you're still not healed. And what you have to understand about these days, during Bible days, if someone was suffering with some sort of sickness or disease or illness, it was viewed upon by the people around them as that was God's judgment being levied on them for some sort of sin that they were harboring in their life, some sort of skeleton that they had locked away in the closet that they were trying to ignore. And so this woman would have been outcast. She would have been separated from the rest of her city, from the rest of her loved ones. She wouldn't have even been able to go to worship the Lord in the house of the Lord because she would have been deemed ceremonially unclean. No fellowship, no worship, no hope, just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Twelve long years. But all of that changed one day when she heard that a traveling rabbi by the name of Jesus was coming to her city, coming to her town. And she had already heard the testimonies of those who had been healed and set free by this rabbi. She had heard how the blind had their eyes open, the deaf had their ears unstopped, the mute began to speak, the lame began to leap, the demon-possessed delivered. And so with what hope she had left, with what faith she could muster, she gets up out of her seat and she makes her way to meet this Jesus. And put yourself in her shoes just for a moment. She approaches the scene and the city has swarmed. They are encircling and encompassing and camping around Jesus. How am I possibly going to make my way to where that rabbi teaches? This woman who hasn't experienced human touch for many years elbows and, and squeezes her way through the crowd until she gets to where she can see Jesus. And with that same faith that she mustered when she got up out of her seat to leave her home, she reaches out her hand and in her heart and in her mind, she says, if only I can touch just the hem of his robe. If only I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. I can be healed. And so with that faith, she reaches out her hand. She touches the hem of his robe, and immediately she can feel it in her body. She stops bleeding. 
she's not the only one who felt something in that moment. Jesus stops dead in his tracks. The city is swarmed around him. Everyone is trying to clamor and make their way to him. They all want his attention. And Jesus stops dead in his tracks. And he says to his disciples, someone just touched me. Their response, you can understand quite well. What do you mean someone just touched you? Of course someone touched you. You're surrounded. You're being thronged by the masses. Hundreds of people have been touching you. Everyone wants a piece of you, Jesus. And he says, you don't understand. Someone touched me differently just now. Someone reached out their hand in faith, and when they touched me, I felt power go out from me. Someone touched me differently than the rest, and it stopped Jesus dead in his tracks. She didn't just touch his garment. She touched his heart. Jesus looks around. Who was it? Who touched me? The woman hears. She understands in this moment that There's no keeping it a secret. And so she steps forward and she says, it was me. I was the one who touched you. You see, I've been struggling. I've been suffering for 12 long years. And doctor after doctor after doctor has not been able to heal me. I've spent all of my wealth, all of my worldly goods, I've spent on trying to find a cure. And I'm no better for the wise. But yet when I reached out my hand, I purposed in my heart. I said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, he can make me clean again. And so I touched you, and I was healed. I could feel the blood dry up. I'm no longer bleeding. You've healed me. And he looks at her, picks her up off the ground, and he says to her, woman, your faith has made you well. Go and live in peace. This woman, against all convention, gets out of her seat comes to where she knows Jesus is present, reaches out her hand to touch because she needs to be healed. See, throughout the course of this series, as we got together as leaders and we're praying, Lord, what do you want us to share with our congregation? What is it that you want to share with your people? How do you want to stir in their hearts? What do they need to know of you? What do they need to experience of you? We came to the conclusion that this seasons of suffering is what the Lord wanted us to hear wanted all of us to hear. There are things in the church that we don't like to talk about. There are things in the church that are considered taboo, and we just don't feel comfortable speaking about these things. But sickness, this is one of those things. And there's so much false teaching and bad teaching out there. And so as we're going through this series called Seasons of Suffering, what our desire is for you is that when we open the scripture and we read these stories of these people who are suffering, In the scripture, the same way you and I suffer, they're experiencing the same hardship, they're going through the same trials, they're experiencing the same heartache, that we can find these people, and we can reach out, and we can identify with where they're at, because we look and we say, that's me, that's my story, and even though they may suffer, what we're going to see over and over and over again through this series is that they're not suffering in vain. That God is with them and walking them through their suffering. And that that suffering will always, always, always lead to the glory of God. So this woman suffering from physical illness. We're going to review three different kinds of illnesses. The first one is physical illness, possibly in the form of disease. This woman hasn't stopped bleeding for 12 years. There's another kind of disease during these days which was considered 
tragic. It, it was caused by a microbacterium that would get into the body and it would cause the body to break out in these white sores all over the body. It would attack the nervous system, the limbs and the hands and the feet. They would lose feeling and it would attack the nose and the, and the eye region and some people's noses even fell off. It's called leprosy. And these people believed that if someone was a leper, God was judging them. They were forced to cry out in the city as they walked down the aisles. If they walked through the city streets, they would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, stay away from me, lest you get the same disease. They would have colonies outside of the city limits where they would live together like a homeless camp. They would have to gather together there huddled together, no one would be around them. They didn't want to see these people. The sickness disgusted them. And over and over again, you see these people standing at a distance. When Jesus healed the ten lepers, it says there that the ten lepers, they stood at a distance. They didn't even come into Jesus' presence. They weren't willing to break the social convention. When they called to him from afar, and Jesus healed them. In Mark chapter 1, there's a story of another leper who wasn't willing to stand at a distance and he got up off the ground and he made his way to the presence of Jesus and the scripture says that he fell on his knees and on his face before Jesus and he's begging Jesus and this is what he says to Jesus if you are willing I can be made clean the word willing in the Greek literally means if you desire if it should please you you can make me well. And so this beggar, you have to understand the context here. You have to picture this. No one would have wanted this man in their presence. No one would have touched this man. He was not supposed to be here. But he comes into the presence of Jesus. He believes Jesus is his answer. Jesus is the remedy. And he falls there on his face, on his knees before Jesus, begging Jesus for a touch. If it pleases you, if you are willing, I can be made whole. And the Bible says this is how Jesus responds. It says that he touches the man. No one touched him for years. He touches the man and he says, I am willing to be cleansed. And in that moment, like I don't know how it happens. Yeah, this is before CGI and special effects. Immediately the man's skin clears up. The wounds are closed. He's healed in the presence of them all. And Jesus says, go pay your dues to the temple so they can see you're clean. Understand, in these days, leprosy was not something that could be healed. No one had been healed of leprosy, but Jesus, at a single touch, clears the man's skin, gives him new lease on life, a new hope. He's healed. And then he says, don't tell anyone what I've done for you, but you can't keep that type of truth a secret for long. And the city hears. And before you know it, Jesus can't even come into the city any longer because of the swarms of people that are trying to get into his presence. Jesus heals sickness. He's willing to heal. It pleases him to heal. He desires to heal. But the scripture also says in Ephesians chapter 3 that it not only is Jesus willing to heal, but Jesus is able to. To heal. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. That in Christ, he is able in the New King James to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even think. He's able to do more than you're able to pray for, the scripture says. 
That's how able he is. He is not only willing, but he is able. And so the question, and this is why I say this is something the church struggles with. The question is thus, and maybe you're struggling with this same question this morning. If Jesus is willing to heal, and if Jesus is able to heal, then why am I still sick? Or why is my loved one still sick? Why do you allow me to suffer like this, God? Why do you allow me to remain in this state? If you are willing and if you are able, then why? Can anyone in the room relate to that question? Pastor Walter alluded to this story last week, but if we want to see the reason why, God gives us a reason why. Jesus himself gives us a reason why in John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, the disciples catch glimpse of a blind man who was blind from birth, the scripture says. And so the disciples are puzzled by this. And they ask Jesus, Jesus, who is it that sinned that this man should be born blind? Did he sin? Did God know some sort of sin that would be in his life and so God made him to be blind at birth or was it something else? Did his parents sin that caused him to be born blind? There must be some sort of sin that caused this. And so we see here disease, but we also see in this disabled man, this man who is blind, we see Jesus going to teach us something that we need to take with us. Jesus replies to that question. It's not that the man's parents sinned. It's not that he himself sinned. The reason why this man was born blind is so that the works of God could be revealed in him. He says the reason why this man suffered with blindness from birth is because God is going to get glory out of his situation. God is going to bring glory to his name. And the question that you need to ask yourself this morning is not so much God, why am I suffering through this sickness? Or why is my loved one suffering through this illness? The question should be, God, what are you doing in my life? How can I bring you glory through this? How can I point people to you? How can I give attention over to you? And so there's this false teaching. We already touched on it. The false teaching that they believed during those days. That if you're suffering from illness or sickness, it's because you have some sort of sin in your life. Now, quite honestly... It could be that there is sin in your life. You can't expect to live the life of an alcoholic and expect your liver to hold up forever, right? There are consequences for that sin. You can't expect to be sexually promiscuous and believe that you're going to avoid sexually transmitted diseases. There are consequences for your decisions. I'll even go a step further. You can't assume that you're going to be able to go to lunch and eat way more than you know you should and expect to go home and sit in the recliner and have your belly not ache. You're going to feel the, the effects of that sinfulness, all right? So there, the, the whole reason why there's suffering and sickness in the world is because of sin. Because when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, sin entered in, death entered in, sickness entered into the world. That's why it exists, all right? So sin can absolutely be one of the reasons why you're suffering in sickness. But it is not always the case, as we can see here from John chapter 9. Very recently, my youth pastor was visiting. He planted a church in England. His name is John Brown. And when he came, I spoke with him about something that was really bothering me. And I have this hero in the faith. We all have these heroes in the faith. And his name is John Corson. When I first got saved, I got saved at 18. And I would play his sermons. I'd have them on tapes and I would stream them online. I would put them in and I would fall asleep listening to him 
teach me the Bible every night. I mean, it was such a sweet time in my life. But this man's testimony, he's endured so much suffering in his life. When he was in his late 20s, he and his wife were on their way to a ski trip, and their car hit a patch of ice, went off the road and hit a tree, and his wife was killed instantly. He had a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old in his home that he was left with. And for three years, he was pastor, preacher, father, housekeeper, cook. I mean, he, he tended, he did it all for three years until the Lord provided another wife for him. Fourteen years later, after a more early morning prayer service, where his daughter prayed this prayer, she prayed, God, I know the thoughts you have towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. She gets in her yellow Volkswagen and hits a patch of ice and goes off the road and hits a tree and dies tragically just like her mother. He's lost his wife and his oldest daughter the same way. And just recently in January, his oldest son, Peter John, whom he co-pastored their church with in Oregon, died of cancer. And I thought to myself, Lord, why would you put one man through so much suffering? Why would you allow him to experience so much pain? What is the reason for this? And I was asking my youth pastor, I just don't understand. He's been such an encouragement to so many people. He's been such an influence in my life. Why does God keep putting John through these? I call him John like I know him. I don't really know him, but I feel, why, why does God allow this to happen to John over and over and over again? And John Brown, my youth pastor, said there's a scriptural reason for it. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Let me read this to you. Paul writes this to the church in Colossae. He says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of the body, that is the church. John Brown says there's a reason why John Corson has been allowed to go through these things. This scripture, Paul says, I'm suffering and I rejoice that I'm suffering because I'm able to put flesh on the suffering of Jesus in this life. It's an encouragement to the church. Paul says, there's a reason for my suffering. And John Brown tells me, John Corson is in that place and God has allowed that to happen because the way John has handled himself through it all, clinging to his faith, clinging to his savior, clinging to his Jesus, and he's an example to the rest of the body of what it looks like to suffer. It's not as though Jesus, his suffering on the cross wasn't enough for us. It was absolutely sufficient for us. But we don't see that happening before our very eyes today, do we? We don't see Jesus hanging upon a cross, breathing his last breath. But what we can see is we can see our brother or our sister seated next to us suffering and clinging to their faith. And it can be a source of strength and encouragement to the rest of the body. Are you following me? So the world says, if you're sick or if you're struggling with some sort of illness, it must be that you have some sort of sin in your life. But there's another false teaching, a second false teaching that says if you're sick, it must be because you don't have enough faith in your life. Now the Apostle Paul tells us of a time when he was suffering with some sort of a physical ailment. And he actually call, calls it 
a messenger from Satan to buffet him, to keep him humble. And many Bible scholars believe he had a problem with his eyes, a pain in his eyes, and he couldn't see well. And so there was this messenger from Satan to buffet him, to keep him humble. And the scripture says, Paul says in his own writings, that he pleaded with God, he begged God, take this ailment from me, take this suffering from me. And in, in the course of time, God finally replies to Paul. And Paul is told this by the Lord. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I'm made strong through your weakness. And Paul says, you know what? That's enough for me. I'm going to stop asking for healing. I'm going to stop asking. God says, my grace is enough for you. More than enough for you. And I'm going to show myself strong through your weakness. And so Paul says, I would much rather boast in my ailments and in my disease and in my sickness. Because when I'm boasting in that, then God is being shown strong as I suffer for him. I don't know why God hasn't decided just to take away your sickness or your illness when he's perfectly capable and he's willing. But I do know that maybe, just maybe, God's going to get glory out of your suffering. And the question has to switch from why, God, do you allow me to suffer to, God, what can I do? How can I bring you glory in the midst of this suffering? You have to ask yourself, is God worth your suffering this morning? Paul came to the conclusion, you know what, I'm going to boast in my sickness because God is getting glory. That's what I want my heart to be like. Now, did Paul lack faith? Absolutely not. Here's a man who recorded his trials because of his faith, because he believed in what Jesus had done so much. He saw with his own eyes and personal revelation that he went across Asia Minor planting churches and preaching the gospel. And he says in his writings that he he was beaten with rods, says he was stoned, he was whipped, he was clubbed, he was left for dead, he suffered in the elements, he was cold, he was hungry, he was thirsty. He did all of this because he believed. He suffered because he believed. Don't let anyone tell you that if you're suffering from sickness, it's because you have a lack of faith. Paul had great faith. And because of that great faith, he said, you know what, God, I'm going to decide to do. I'm going to decide to suffer well for you. I'm going to allow the world to watch me suffer so that I can bring you glory because your glory is more important than my comfort. What an amazing place to be. Could the Lord be whispering the same to you this morning? Could he be seating himself right next to you this morning, whispering in your ear, My grace is more than enough for you. My grace is more than you could ever need. Just trust me. Just trust me. Now, does this mean that we're not going to ask for you to be healed? Does this mean that we shouldn't lay hands on you and pray, believing in faith that God can heal? Absolutely not. The scripture says we have not because we ask not. The scripture says we need to be persistent in our prayers. Jesus had parable after parable about being persistent in our prayer life. But here's the thing. We get discouraged because we feel like, Lord, the louder I pray and the longer I pray, the more I feel like I'm being ignored. I don't feel like I'm being heard. But maybe, just maybe, you're supposed to be persisting in prayer, not to be heard, but to hear God's voice speaking to you. 
Why is it that we get louder and we pray longer and we feel like, God, I, ha I have to put more energy or more emotion into it in order to rouse you from sleep, in order to awaken you to my need as if though God somehow has forgotten what your need is. No, we have to change our mindset even in prayer. God, I'm not praying to be heard, but I'm praying so that I can hear you. I want to hear you. Maybe the Lord wants you to take up someone else's burden this morning. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.